Hey, y'all. Hi, guys. I'm Genevieve, Positive Peach. I'm Alex, Joyful Rare. And this is... And this is Positively, Positively Walking, Walking with, with Mayo. Mayo. Mitochondrial disease is when the, the mitochondria, the powerhouse of your cells, are defective and they do not work correctly. So this can affect any organs of the body. And the and this effect can happen in your entire body or in different organs of your body. And where the mitochondria are defective the most is where the um organ gets affected the most and it gets affected and it gets affected negatively okay so basically my disorder is called lchad it is a from the umbrella terms explanation top to bottom we have the rare disease category we have mitochondrial disease and then we have um a fatty acid oxidation disorder, which is a specific error within the mitochondria. And as a genetic metabolic disorder, fatty acid oxidation disorders are where we have a broken enzyme that makes it difficult to break down fat. And my specific FOD is called LCHAD, and the L at the beginning is because I cannot break down long chain fats. And you get really technical, but I don't want to stress anybody out. So uh, we're just going with that. And it's basically one of the, um, the fat that you find in food. It's mainly a long chain fat. And so it's pretty, the most common source of fat out there basically. And so whenever the fat goes into the cell, and gets into your mitochondria and goes through the Krebs cycle to get energy to your body, it just gets bogged down. And my enzyme is not working as properly as a normal person's body to kind of send that fat through and turn that into energy. It's getting bogged down and, and kind of not helpful. And so um, I just replace a lot of my diet with low fat things and emphasize high protein, high carb diets so that I'm not filling myself with things I can't use for energy. And your body needs energy to work. So um, I like to put things in that is actually useful for my organs to continue to go and move forward. Genevieve, can you tell us a little bit about your specific mitochondrial disease? The name of my type of mitochondrial disease is mitochondrial neuropathy ATP deletion. And um, this means that all of the mitochondria in my entire body, including my muscles and nerves, are damaged. This causes me to have a hard time to walk. Um, I have a... And it's basically from the ground up. Um, if I'm having trouble walking, 
my hips are are, are having trouble um my core is weaker um from the chest up i'm pretty strong but it also gets gets tired fast so um the muscles don't work correctly but they're stronger than my legs um and today's a good day to be talking about this because i'm having like a pretty rough day um um like my main symptom today is i am having a hard time feeling the bottoms of my feet that's a fairly new thing that i'm going through that's where um my nerves are really um i are being are being pains in the butt i my nerves are getting are getting on my nerves um because <laughs> while while in the winter it i have a hard time feeling my hands my feet is are year round problems and when i take off my shoes and look at the bottoms of my feet after a long day of like being on them whenever they're they're negatively affecting me um they are like all red you can see where um where it's kind of uh inflamed sort of um i i kind of like being able to see it it's a physical representation of um the fact that i am struggling and that uh i got the most out of the day that i could whereas it wasn't just like oh oh my muscles are weak i should have done more it's you did so much and you're falling over because your feet aren't connected to the floor meaning that you're trying to 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 push your your muscles off of almost nothing you're basically just like walking on nothing so it's it's um it's a difficult process, but it's nowhere near as strenuous as Alex Alex has it. Mine is purely physical, whereas Alex's Alex's problem, well, Alex's um, mito is centralized within her body itself. Yeah, and and it's I totally relate with you know you have your mito right, and they ask you what are you here for, you know, and it's like this is what I have, but it's like my my diagnosis list is long, and it's technically all because of that one, you know, the mito, you know, it's like yeah. I have this, but it, I have the neuropathy, the globalized muscle weakness, you know, these all these secondary things that um are part of that complex being medically complex and just being multi-system affected in the body <laughs> it's like you can't keep tabs on everything all the time either you know where you're like yeah I, you know this new thing is kind of coming up and it's like trying to work through that and you know I was just thinking about talking to my self today like okay self you know what kind of day is it today and it's like 
having a self-talk session. Sometimes it's with those muscles, sometimes with the nerves, like, okay, why are we feeling like this today? Okay, what's going on? Why are we having an attitude? You know, and yeah. they talk back, unfortunately, sometimes because that's why I'm talking to them, but it's um I definitely relate with what you're saying and just like you know there's there's all these different branches of having this mito you know I can definitely relate to to talking to my muscles but it's not so much gauging what kind of day it's going to be today it's more like okay I need you to work for five more minutes and then we can take a break but I need to get through this last part so I need you to muster up whatever energy you can muster so that I a can probably take this down the stairs and b don't fall it's it's not as simple as just carrying something down the stairs it's carrying something down the stairs while also not falling and sometimes sometimes my my muscles cooperate and I get down the stairs and sometimes they don't they don't want to and I have to figure out how to get it down the stairs safely right sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and I what how it's really different from what you're going through is um my muscles will be here and then within six hours they'll be here and there's no climbing back up the hill once they're here they're going to be here and there's it can only get downhill from 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 here so I just have to um get as much work done within that six hour span safely the word is safely the key word is safely get get as much work in as possible until that time hits where I'm done and whenever I'm done there's no 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 coming coming back I can drink as many energy drinks as much protein drinks rest as as much rest as much as I need to but it probably won't do anything besides just make me more tired yeah I like having some ways my body works in like a like I'm a car where I just need to fuel the tank up with gas so I can go and just, you know, keep refueling. And then sometimes it's, I have the limited spoons in the day, you know, where I'm budgeting, you know, I can only have 10 spoons today and this life skill requires this many energy spoons and this and that. And there's this restriction on what I'm able to do in the day versus not and when you're saying like sometimes it can only you know go down from there it's like when I'm starting a a life skill activity that I know is in like three phases I need to make sure I have energy that's going to get me all the way through the phases because if I only get through phase two and we're no longer having any more energy then we get into like safety concerns because maybe I'm like at a point where I'm, I'm out and about, you know, how am I going to get back, you know, and then yeah. stuff like that. And you bring up a great point of, um, of, of the spoon theory. Maybe we should explain what the, what the spoon theory is. Cause that's, 
the most palatable. Do you want to explain it? Because you might have more experience. I think I know the spoon theory, but not as versed on it. Okay. I'll say like my version of the spoon theory is say I can get all my eight hours of sleep and determining what type of day it is. Say I get maximum 10 spoons for getting my eight hours of sleep. So in the spoon theory, technically you cannot get spoons back unless you sleep. Um, I said mine, I can sometimes regain spoon through physical rest and, you know, hydration or eating um, to get more energy. But the spoon theory itself is sleep is the only way to get a spoon. And so spoons are an energy unit. And so when I wake up and I need to brush my teeth, get ready for the day, get out the door and get to school, that might take two spoons. At my house, I'll live on the second floor. So, you know, that takes more energy to get up and down the stairs, you know, and and all of that kind of factors into those spoons that I'm spending. Being at school, you might use physical and mental energy at the same time. And so that takes up a lot of energy. And so you might spend like five or six spoons in an eight hour school day, you know, and then by then you have two spoons left and it's four o'clock. And then I'd be, you know, very much, this is more kind of when I was like in high school, but when I only have two spoons left, but there's six more hours left in the day. I'm very specific on when I'm going to shower, when I'm doing maybe physical therapy, things like that. Some days I can't be doing a full school day to then go to physical therapy. I need a half day and things like that to maneuver around those spoons, energy units. And then some days you can get all the sleep you want, But when you have a Mito with attitude, you might only have half the amount of spoons that you had yesterday and you got the same amount of sleep. So it's kind of like a varying, some days I'll say, hey friends, um, I don't have as many spoons today. I have a shirt that says out of spoons, you know, because some days I'm just living out of spoons, you know, I don't have any energy. And so that's, that's kind of the spoon theory and also how kind of works in specific Mido land a little bit. <laughs> that that was a great explanation. Oh man. So um let's talk about worst case scenarios. Okay. Um what could send you to the hospital and what does that entail? Right. So for the most part, hospitalizations are part of my life pretty frequently. And so when I was growing up, I dealt with a lot of hypoglycemia issues. And the problem with having a disorder where I need to be eating a lot in a day and I can't go very long without eating. That's why I only sleep for eight hours. I actually only eat My time window for eating is a max of eight hours in between meals. So the way I've done it growing up now as like an adult, I just will eat, go to bed, 
wake up, eat, then go back to sleep because they like me sleep. <laughs> but for the most part, um, when you have hypoglycemia and you can't eat or put it in and it comes right back, that is a big problem. And so that sent my body into a lot of metabolic crisis episodes and really anything like a little illness, um, stressor like that on my body really caused those crisis episodes. And the cure for these episodes and to ultimately save my life because a crisis is a con is just a crash and it's you're crashing and crashing and if you don't intervene your body will just continue to crash and you need to stop that crash before permanent damage occurs and so um that's the reality of that um but when I go to the hospital, I just need really fast sugar water, basically. And it's called D10, dextrose 10%. It's just sugar water. <laughs> but the way that it goes through the vein very fast is a metabolic process that just kind of reboots the system and stops that crash and helps you heal. And so, uh, as well as for me, it stabilized my blood sugars. It was able to let me intake, I could leave the hospital once I could eat food. As I got older, it was more on the physical side of things where I'm now going into rhabdomyolysis episodes where my body through some sort of trigger, sometimes it's an illness, sometimes it's a other stressor like heat or actual stress of school or physical stress combo, you know, physical therapy mixed with hard academics, things like that. And those rhabdomyolysis episodes, as I've mentioned before, are just those muscles breaking down. And the same solution is to get those IV fluids in my body to reset my metabolic system as well as flush those toxins out because it's very damaging to the body to have all those muscles floating around in the places they're not supposed to be. <laughs> and so that is the worst case scenario. Right now, I do just deal with those rhabdomyolysis episodes that result in hospitalization, little hypoglycemic errors. Um, I can usually rest and hydrate and recover those come with like some brain fog and, and fatigue that I can sort of get out of. But those rhabdomyolysis episodes are very aggressive and very harmful to the body. Even a normal person who can go into rhabdomyolysis episodes if they overwork out and things like that. But um, those are definitely very scary. But also when you throw a metabolic component very emergent as well. And sometimes those take my function completely away. Sometimes I know we 100% are going to the hospital because I cannot stand up, you know? And it really affects my weakness when those muscles are breaking down and those muscles are already weak and you just start taking muscle away. You know, there's not as much to support and they're going through a lot of stress as well. And some some other triggers of mine that I know 
lead to these episodes art fatigue foggy brain sometimes and get nauseous and things like that and I can be like okay why is my body upset and I can go sometimes get a lab drawn tell me uh, what a CK is and that's basically a level that just tells you how much muscle is in your bloodstream and it can tell me if my body is breaking down a lot or if it's just breaking down a little and I can maybe manage that from home. I can drink a lot so I flush it all out, things like that. But hospitalizations are for sure part of my life and will continue to be because that is the reality of El Chad. But it is something I I manage and, you know, I try and find certain ways to have fun with those, which we can talk about in a, another episode. But you know, having themed rooms gets you a long way, you know, things like that. And, and so hospital, hospitals are my second home sometimes, unfortunately, but we, we're doing okay. And, and uh, we, we make friends with, um, you know, going to the hospital is a help to my body, you know, um, growing up, it was, you know, I don't want to go to the hospital. And, you know, my mom would, would help me and say, but, but you know it's it's gonna make your body feel better it's going to help your body and you know as I got older I was like mom I, I know I don't want to go to the hospital but but they make me feel better you know and stuff so coming to terms with that a little bit as a young age but um it uh it's definitely something that's part of it and have medical or bracelet and everything just in case we gotta go at any point you know <laughs> What are some of the more like emergent um, potential hospitalization episodes that, that you have to deal with? So that's the end of part one of the episode that me and Alex are recording regarding how mitochondrial disease pertains to us. So please stay tuned for part two. Okay. Thank you for listening. You can check us out on our social media platforms. And we hope you continue walking with us.